is one of the rare CEOs that's also the co-founder. So very often does a co-founder start a tech company and then they're no longer the CEO after five, 10 years, right? They don't, they don't last for the CEO for 30 plus years or whatever. I think they started this company in the 90s. And it started with just a couple of buddies, co-founding, you know, buddies. They had like 40 grand to, the, to their name and they just saw an opportunity and something that would be massively uh, successful, especially in the gaming space, like in the gaming world. Welcome to the Success Flow Podcast, where our mission is simple, to be better each day and relay our findings with other relentless humans defining success for themselves. If that sounds like you, let's begin. All right, back at it on the Success Flow Podcast. And today we're talking innovation. We're talking about really how business in general is innovation. What you're trying to develop and change personally is innovation. And uh, we both went to a similar entertainment facility over the last week. And I thought we'd kick it off because I think it's one of the most, the best examples of entertainment and sports and or innovation in entertainment and sports. And that's the Savannah Bananas. You went, right? <laughs> I did. Yeah. We took the kids um, last weekend and it was actually the whole half of Jack's baseball team. It's the second year we've gone. We went last year and it's better this year. Like it is, I just think they just continue to get better and better. But dude, it's so fun. The kids love it. See, I didn't even know they were touring. I thought you had to go to Savannah to see them. I didn't realize that it's it's like the Harlem Globetrotters for baseball. I mean, I knew that was the concept. I nerded out on them from afar, but I thought you had to travel to Savannah. So I, I obviously didn't look into it too in depth. Yeah. I, well, I think you used to. Like, I think they started in Savannah, Georgia and like, you know, the backstory so of, you know, slow, slow go, like they didn't sell any tickets or anything. And so, uh, but what, what they did is they went viral. Yeah. There, there was an ESPN plus documentary. There was TikToks all over the place. I had never heard of them either until Kim was like, you ever heard of the Savannah bananas? We're going to go, we're going to take the kids. This was last year. And I'm like, I don't know what the heck you're talking about, uh, <laughs> but it was an unreal experience. It was awesome. I, I couldn't agree more. Huge baseball fan. Uh, if you're watching a video, had to have the hat. Willie had to have the stuffed <laughs> that animals. Guy is ri- toy that- is ridiculous. He's, does he have a does he <laughs> does he have a six pack? <laughs> he does have a six pack. So check out the YouTube version uh, or Spotify man. version. Anyway, we we had a blast. Paula is not a big sports fan. She thought it was hilarious. The pitcher on stilts, and it just I was thinking the whole time like this guy deserves every penny that he earns. I think they're making around two hundred grand a game. And he's done that by making it a fan first event. And the the founder is Jesse Cole, and uh, he still kicks off every game. He's the master of ceremonies with the the yellow gold blazer, and they play not baseball actually. It's banana ball. It is banana ball. And I think they they always play the party animals. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they always play the party animals. I think those are only two teams. But the, I, what I'm hearing is that they will be developing a league now. So they started in like 2015, really 16, let's say. Um, I think it was uh, – so Jesse Cole and his wife, Emily, she's heavily involved. Uh, they picked up this old team. I can't even remember what the name of this team was, but it was like a college uh, summer league team or something that left. They were there for like a minor league team or something. They were there in Savannah for 90 years. 
and let, oh, the, the sand nets, I think it was the sand, Savannah sand nets. That's <laughs> the name of it. Anyway, they left. And so they came in this whole, uh, you know, rundown stadium and they just thought, you know, there was just this team that was playing there and they weren't getting anyone, anyone there to enjoy it. So these guys, Jesse and Emily have a marketing and, um, entertainment background. So they saw an opportunity and they're like, Hey, I think we can make something really fun here. And you're right. Fans first is actually, I think the name of the LLC that owns our uh, fans first entertainment or something, but that's the whole idea is like, we're bringing baseball to the fans, but we're making sure the fans are the focus, not necessarily the baseball. And so they have a lot of dance moves. They've got a lot of entertainment. They got a lot of funky rules with, uh, with baseball. It's not your normal baseball type style yes they play baseball but it's like harlem globetrotter like you said absolutely they're really grown by originality right like they're not doing the typical sponsorship play which because they're not they've actually wound up selling a ton of merchandise i'm an example of it like there's no you know mlb brand affiliate or or anything like that so they they've really skyrocketed there and they're really putting the fans first i think that they can have a large control on the vending uh, and, and the pricing for that, which makes for a, a fan first experience and just awesome for the kids. Right. I've never seen the Harlem Globetrotters. Did you see them back in the day? Oh yeah. You know, we guy? used to go. Yeah. yeah. This was back when it was Suns Arena. It was like America West Arena when I was a kid and, and they came a couple of times. It was cool. It was, it. it was really fun to watch. They get the fans out on the field. They've had, they had literally senior citizens and toddlers both on the field dancing, complaining, <laughs> com, yes. complaining to the umps. And they're always changing it up. You're not seeing the same show every time you go. And no. these are athletes. Like they are legit ball players. Like they're ripping heat. So I was sitting next to Jack's baseball coach, who's the head, mm-hmm. he, he's the varsity, the head coach of varsity uh, Horizon High School here in, in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I was asking him, I was like, Bo, how fast are these guys throwing? And he goes, dude, they're mid to upper eighties easy. I mean, they're, they're like legit minor league guys that are doing this for fun that still have eligibility and dreams and aspirations to get into league. But this is just a really cool tour thing that they do. And it's so like, you know, banana ball, it's not even about the score. You just have to win the inning. Right. So like some of the funky rules, like you don't, if you score seven, uh, in that inning and the other team scores zero, it doesn't matter. You just win. you get one point. Right. And so it's like the best of, uh, of the innings. And they've got these weird rules where you hit a foul ball. And if, if a fan catches it, you're out. <laughs> if a fan catches the ball, then, then the batter's out. There's no you're strikes. The there's no walks. Fan. Yeah, totally. And have you, did you see stilts with stilts out there? I was blown away by the guy that got a hit off him. Can you imagine? Yeah. I can't imagine trying to hit a ball coming in from that angle. No joke. Like you had to chuck it up. Like, it's, I mean, this guy is standing on six foot stilts. So he's like 15 feet or I guess that'd be tall. He's and he wasn't like tall floating <laughs> it or throwing it soft. That's no, it, it, no. It, that part. That part blew my mind. And then the guy jumping on the skateboard going down to first base. I just think that this is where the world is going and you're seeing it online as well. I mean, that's a large operation, right? That probably just started by a couple games with now, experiments, but yeah. This is how people are starting to think. How can we put a different frame on uh, America's favorite pastime? I know that gets people heated up, but that's the name that baseball's gotten. But he's, he's like, how can we do this? And he's, he's not completely redoing the playbook, right? It has a very Harlem Globetrotters feel. But it makes me 
keep going back to how are people going to innovate their favorite things and in your words, see opportunity everywhere, not just uh, a low scale dump of a college seasonal facility. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the innovation, but just like the, I think it's just at the end of the day, a guy just likes to have fun, right? Like the fans first thing, like he just wants to take something that's art that people already love and put his own spin on it. Just like anything we talk about, you find something that works and you put, take 80% of that and put 20% of your own spin on it. Now he might've taken the other side, other way, 20% of what works in baseball and put his own 80% spin on it. But I just think it's a really cool idea. And, you know, maybe we'll start seeing it in, uh, you know, in other sports, you know, I don't know, but um, obviously you, you had it in the basketball and you have it in, in baseball now. And I'm excited to see the growth. And because uh, it was like, I think the other thing that's cool about it is it was kind of humble beginning. Like they had to sell their house to fund this thing before it was even a thing. Like they just didn't want to let these guys down and they wanted to build something great. And they sold their house and funded it to, cause they, you know, had overdrawn their account to keep going. And this is like 2016 timeframe. They changed the name to the Savannah bananas because of the history there in, in Georgia and the banana trade. And uh, it went viral pretty quickly and they sold out opening day and have sold out every single game since every single one. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. And when we're this is the podcast where we talk about defining success for yourself. How many people are going to come and tell you what what is your definition of success? Well, I want to throw a bunch of really good athletes out and make them dance in the middle of a baseball <laughs> yeah. field, take them on the road have a put a guy on stilts and I'm going to make $200 for every event that we put on. I don't I mean just the the level of being able to see that to innovate visualize something that the world hasn't seen. I thought it was perfect for this podcast. Yeah, for sure. It's a great topic since we both just went and you know, I don't know how early you got there, um but my my wife Kim, she likes to get to places super super early. Like she's the type of person to get to the airport 3 hours early for a flight to Las Vegas. And, uh, I'm like, I'd rather just show up to the airport and walk on the, on the plane, but we get, you got to get there early for Savannah Bennett. They do all this entertainment pregame too. Like not even letting you, not even pregame in the stadium. It's like when you're waiting in the parking lot for them to open the gates, they had full live band. They had the, par- they have all the guys coming down on the parade and you like, they sign an autograph. They're like little celebrities. I mean, or the kids are all excited because they're celebrities and they're signing. Yeah, I almost bumped into the Jesse Cole guy and I didn't know who he was. Until he came out on stage and opened it up. I didn't know about the gold blazer thing. And I'm like, it's oh, a full almost suit. like hit that guy. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. yeah, he's in so a full cool. yellow suit. There was a, so the pre pre stuff, they had these two guys come out and it's like, you know, they probably have their act together, you know, and, and they, you know, it's a show, right? So these two guys come out and they were like, um, pretending to be sportscasters or whatever. And they're like breaking down the rules of, um, of banana ball while everyone was standing there waiting to get in the gates. And uh, they had like, you know, they brought other people on stage, had dance offs and whatever. And they just were like, super entertaining before anything even started. This one guy I was getting a crack up out of this guy. I don't know who he is. I, I'll have to find him somewhere. But dude, I swear we need to figure out how to put him on SportsCenter because he was so good. Just like explaining how like, and here we have on uh, third baseline, we've got a triple play and he just catches the ball. And like the way he talks, it just goes so well with like old school sports casting and like, I don't know. We were dying laughing. It was just from our experience. So that, anyway, they've got a ton of characters. They got the the commentators. They've got the the umps. Even the umps, they're, when they call a strike or an out, they're flipping back and forth, doing somersaults. They have the 
the baby races and the grandma races and they got guys with their shirts off. Like it's all, it's insane. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's like a circus. So if the Savannah bananas are coming to you listeners, you probably didn't see this one coming, but uh, uh, check it out or check out their social media to, to get an idea of what we're talking about. While we're talking about innovation, <clears throat> the other thing that has been top of mind, it's been cool. It's been popping up everywhere. You know how I'd like to nerd out on the, even though it gets a bad rap, biohacking. Uh, I, I love continuing to dabble and experiment and tinker with that. And Gary Brecca, you and I were talking with Dan Clark and his wife. I talked with his wife more about it, Kelly, that uh, 10X Health and how Gary Brecca is changing lives left and right. Uh, a lot of success stories with Dana White, Steve Harvey. And I've just, it was too easy of a sell. It's a one-time gene test. Uh, it, it's an investment, but you only take it once. And it turns out that I'm I'm deficient. Both of my parents, it shows you which parents passed on which uh, genetic uh, mutations that you, you don't absorb certain things right. So I'm not, I'm going to botch the science. So I am deficient in MTFHR, which is the mother er gene, uh, formerly <laughs> called the mother effer gene. Uh, and they just say that because of the, the letters, but it is a, a mother effer because it keeps you, it's like the number one building block for uh, being able to, transition folic acid. So I'm going to stop before I start looking even less of a scientist than I am. Paul already pointed that out when I was going through my results like a nerd. And anyway, talk about innovation. This is something that is being ready to the public that used to only be available to the super wealthy to get this genetics. And you can supplement specifically to the deficiency that you have. So in regards to innovation, 10x health is way up there on my radar. And I ordered the supplements have been on them for a week. I'm feeling good anyway, but it's going to be cool to see what, how that transitions and, and what else they're going to do. Yeah. I saw Gary Brecka speak at a conference, um, over a little over a year ago and even a couple of the Cardone guys were there too. He's tied to the, um, you know, Grant Cardone, the whole 10 X yeah, model, invested. but yeah. So I mean, it's pretty incredible stuff for sure. And, um, you know, for, for the listeners who, who may not, you know, biohacking, you would have said that to me a couple of years ago. I wouldn't have known what that really is, but it, it's basically just making it, it's inner in, incremental changes to your body, diet, lifestyle to improve your overall health and well-being. And so this test that Phil's talking about is uh, is something that gives you insight into what's going on in your body, like you said, deficiencies or whatever. Now you make those changes, dude. And it's like longevity comes into play and. Uh, just overall health and 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 what you're trying to do, like just peak performance comes into play, like what you need, like why am I feeling this way or whatever. It's like a deficient in this one random little thing, like you would never know. Um, I think they go even go as far as um, do they go as far as like uh, potential diseases and things that run down the family tree and like what you could potentially uh, get, you know, be prone to later in life. Yeah. So Gary actually started in the insurance space where he was predicting life mortality. So he could go with, into a life insurance scenario, take the biomarkers and blood work from people when you go to get your life insurance done and actually predict almost to the day that you would have to live to give those life insurance policies. And, call, and back to defining success for yourself, he said, I don't want to tell people when they're going to die. I want to tell people, I want to help people live longer. And so he flipped it on its head, took all the science that he knew and, 
and really is changing the world. So to your point about the diseases, um, he he goes through, you can do a more extensive blood test, which I haven't done yet, in which they will predict that just like your your GP. But um, yeah, it's it's just full package. People that are really trying to get ahead of their life and with with the length that we are able to live, we want to be able to to do it the best that we can for the whole ride. So, yeah, I think uh, longevity is a big topic these days. You know, you hear about Peter Diamandis talking about it on podcast. He's on, you know, he's our massive transformative purpose guy. And, and you know, th- there's so much science. And I think it was uh, I think it was on the Ed Milet show. Actually, I was listening to that one. And there's just so much science and, and medical just things that are happening, just miraculous things that are being worked on that we don't know about that are actually happening and available and will become available uh, to, for people to, to add 10, 15, 10, 20, 25 years to your life. Like it's, it's not robots. You're not going to become a robot or anything like that. It's just the things that you pay attention to. And they're talking like the longevity of life. It, it, you know, if you listen and do, you know, do these things, you're going to be, you're going to be well past a century years old, but you're not going to feel like you're a century years old. Um, I think the average age is like 76 for males and 78 or 79 for females. And there, you know, there's, there's talk of, you know, uh, average, that the average will slowly go up, but there's talk of people living past a hundred or a hundred years old, no problem. And uh, it's pretty wild to think about. It It's super wild. And you're seeing it all across. I mean, with artificial intelligence and the way technology is going, these are the things that we can get excited about with all the, 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 the fear and, and lack of control that AI could bring. Uh, these are the exciting things like talking about innovation and medical combined. Amazon's working on a health healthcare disruption right now. They made a $3.9 billion acquisition of one medical and they're a primary care group. And they're looking to get, digital, you know, digital screenings, your WebMD type of consultations face-to-face all in one package. It's going to make healthcare much more affordable for the people that really need it. And so you see them moving into that market, things are going to change and a lot of money and a lot of health is going to change hands. And that's, uh, it's just, it's exciting. Do you know uh, who else is a a big player in that? Amazon's getting involved and you got you know, 10, I mean, 23 and me, all that kind of stuff started 10 years ago. Uh, there, do you know anyone else who's, who's getting big into, into this space? Who's that? No, I'm asking. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm wondering if you know any other companies that are, you know, really diving into this and making big, big moves and big investments. Yeah. So another one, when you're talking about your overall gut biome is a company called the Viome and, um, they are, they take it. That's not from the genetic level there. You take us actually, it's, it's not a, a fun process, but you have to, get, you take a saliva swab, which is the easiest part. That's all you need for the 10 X um, test. But for this one, you have to get like a certain amount of blood by pricking your finger into a vial. It's not like a blood draw, which is probably an easier way to go, but they can get enough from that as well as you have to get a stool sample at home. And get that into a a container and and get that out. But what they're doing is looking for your how the state of your gut biome is right now, and then they give you recommendations on what foods you should avoid. What are your superfoods? And it's all personalized to you. And Paula and I both did that one. Um, okay. And 
a huge, huge player there. And I'm sure like this is, I just got off a call uh, uh, for my, my day job with a company that's in this epigenetic space and trying to build a tool that's going to be able to be used by all these companies. So really trying to make a tool that can be white labeled to improve this epigenetics um, and, and gene diagnostic process. So fun, fun things to come. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it's funny we're getting on this topic. I actually didn't even know that this is the direction we we're going to go. But as you were talking, um, I've got a buddy who just had rotator cuff surgery. Um, and I'm not a doctor by any means. So this is all just kind of over my head. But he was explaining this PRP therapy. You heard of that? PRP, the platelet rich plasma. So basically, he's re-injected into the joint. Yeah, and re-injected into the joint instead of having surgery. They just took PRP, platelet-rich plasma, from his blood, re-injected it into the injury, and then you know had a you know some therapy and some uh, you know some recovery or whatever. But then his he was fine, and it just allowed his body to heal with its own cells. It was insane uh, hearing that story, and it's like sounds like futuristic stuff, but that happens all the time. And I you know didn't realize that he's just the first person that I met that you know went through that PRP therapy. But that's like a whole. You know, instead of going under the knife and, and having surgery, this is an option for certain areas of your body when you have these these injuries. Yeah, I'm not sure how different that is or is the same as stem cell replacement, but that's what a lot of the wealthy are doing now. They're flying to uh, other countries to get stem cells injected into specific joints. And again, that's all stuff that's it's going to be available to the common individual, which is going to even expand our lifespans and 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 change a lot of things. So. What a what a time to be alive! Again, we are not giving medical advice on this podcast. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and throwing stuffed animals around my office, um, but um, dig into this stuff because it, there's just so much available at your fingertips. Just the knowledge alone, you have to do your research and cross reference. You know, don't just be ordering supplements from any random person. Do your due diligence. Talk to talk to your primary care, maybe, or do your own research, but. Um, it's all great stuff to take a look at um, if you're trying to define success for yourself and live the healthiest life possible. Yeah. Um, so changing subject here, uh, did you see, so I watched the stock market, you know, and talk about uh, some innovation. NVIDIA, you know, the company, the t big tech company that does the microchip manufacturing, like one of, of course. the, the yep. global leading, right? Anyway, they went parabolic today. Um, today is February 22nd. So I'm sure... You know, by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be a week or so later. Anyway, they went up 15% and they're already at a stock price of 700 plus. So they're, you know, pushing 800. Um, because of their earnings, they, they surpassed the expectation by like 2.1 billion from yeah. last quarter. Like it's just insane. Right. And so um, the, the, so I did, I just looked up the CEO to see who it was. And, and, What's interesting about this guy, um, his name is Jensen Huang. He's um, is one of the rare CEOs that's also the co-founder. So very often does a co-founder start a tech company and then they're no longer the CEO after five, 10 years, right? They don't, they don't last for the CEO for 30 plus years or right. whatever. I think they started this company in the 90s. And he started with just a couple of buddies, co-founding, you know, buddies. They had like 40 grand to, the, to their name and they just saw an opportunity and something that would be massively uh, successful, especially in the gaming space, like in the gaming world, yep. um, processing these chips. Anyway, long story short, let me see if I can uh, find this this article um, again real quick. 
I, he, uh, if I can, I, if you're thinking, I, I think you and I might have rapped on social about this. He's the one that said nobody in their right mind would start a company. And if he went back and knew how hard it was going to be, he would have never begun. And he's one, yeah. of, the, he's one of the wealthiest guys. In the, he's in the now, yeah. he's now because of today, he's now the 24th richest person in the world. And to and this day, he, he says he wouldn't do it again if he had to go back because he would know too much. Yeah. And uh, what I love about this guy is he's completely authentic in himself. He's not like trying to be a CEO because he thinks that's what a CEO is supposed to be. So there's this this other article that I saw today. Um, and it, he said, apparently, and according to this article, in 2010, he told New York Times he defines good leaders based on authenticity. They don't dress like a CEO because they think that's what a CEO dresses like. They don't talk like CEOs because that's what the way they think CEOs talk. They don't conduct their meetings and expect people to treat them like CEOs because that's the way they think CEOs are supposed to be treated. They are just who they are. And this dude wears a leather jacket and he has a tattoo uh, from when NVIDIA hit $100 on their stock market. And, uh, you know, he's just he's just like a normal dude and he doesn't even have an office. So he doesn't have like the big corner office in the building. He walks around and just hangs out in the conference rooms or the common areas and just does his calls and his meetings wherever he is at the time, wherever his feet are. And uh, I don't know. I just love it. And he's the 24th richest man in the world. And he has no um, like there's no ego to it. He's just I am who I am. I wear leather jackets. We're chill. And, you know, he's one of the smartest and richest people in the world. It's, it's crazy. I remember it was, it was my first million where they described him that set us down the chase on who he was because they were like there aren't many people that are like rock stars in the tech in the you know the the big yeah. tech play and he's like as close as it gets to being a rock star the way he operates and everything like that so it's a perfect example yeah i think he's uh super innovative uh as a ceo and i think it's you know it, it just i follow stock market daily at least every time the market's open and just seeing that on the news it's like holy wish i had a little little more in that in nvidia right now but um that's a pretty cool story well we did hardly any prep for this one so it's been bananas Oh, you know, one thing I will say to to wrap up here, speak going back and closing on our um, intro of the bananas, you know, those guys started the bananas foster foundation, which I think is a pretty cool thing is like being innovative and starting a business and starting a creative, you know, whatever, and something that goes viral and then building a foundation and philanthropic um, efforts, I think is really neat. And so him and his wife are really passionate about it. It's what something they do every game. I'm sure at least they've done it the last two years here in Phoenix, they stop the game, uh, midway through and they bring a family out and they're just dedicated to fostering children. Um, they're foster parents, uh, themselves, I believe. And they just kind of help people, um, you know, through that process. And I just think it's cool. I think, you know, there's no ego to this stuff. It's fans first entertainment. Uh, it's be who you are being authentic um, and people will just want to be around you and give them back to the community at a, at a high level. I love it. I think that's the pod. Keep innovating, everybody. Check out the Savannah Bananas and go bananas in the uh, subscribe or, or comments or letting us know what you want to hear about. We'll be right Or you here. can be a party animal. Up to you. Your call. <laughs>